$8.9 billion was spent and estimated in the United States on advertising. Just midterms? Just 2018. Hi, I'm Gina Cerrito, and I'm here with my co-hosts, Lynn White and Judy Licht. We're the News Broads, broads casting about the news and all things media. We're here to give you insights on how it all works. A look at the news you won't find anywhere else. Political advertising, you can't escape it. And each election cycle seems to bring more of it. It's a waste of money. Spending $8.9 million on advertising and I'm in advertising, is crazy because, for the most part, it doesn't work. It doesn't change anyone's mind. Stunning words coming from Advertising Hall of Famer Jerry Delafamina. Today on News Broads, Jerry takes us on a deep dive into the history and the reality of political advertising. I don't think it works. Yeah. It's more than the gross national product of almost every country, uh, with the exception of China and the United States. I mean, you're talking about a fortune spent. And as an advertising person, I always, you know, you go where the vote is, where the money is. People have already made up their minds. Yeah. Did you have your mind made up before this election? You did. Did you have your mind made? Judy, you did. We yeah, knew certainly. who we were going to vote for, and nobody could advertise us out of it. Then why do we keep throwing money at I mean, this? People, do something. It's a turnoff to the viewers. It's, well, you know, it doesn't help the people that it, it's supposed to be helping. Why are we still doing it? Because we can't stop. <laughs> the fact is that, if you look closely, the person who spends the most money on advertising in an election wins. Really? Not yes. Beto O'Rourke. He certainly didn't win. Nope. Ted Cruz did. No, nope, but in general, yeah. in the country, the person who gets literally spends the most money wins. Now, that works this way, because the person who has the best chance of winning gets the most donations. Right. So gotcha. they, the person gets the most donations, so they say, all right, now I can spend it. How can you stop it? You can stop it by stop by not donating money. That's a good way. Maybe the money should be donated to something else. Maybe advertising should be paid for by literally X amount of dollars from the government. How about that? Well, they've been trying to do that um, for a while, and, and you just can't get it done in this kind of society. To because your- the politician, I don't mean to interrupt, but because the politician who's making this money doesn't want to stop. Right. So they're not going to vote it out. Right. Are there other ways, as in advertising, you know, your whole life, are there other ways that would effectively help someone win if they didn't put that money towards TV advertising? Or is it that TV advertising is just to remind people to vote, remind people to vote? TV advertising is the most effective way to reach people. I mean, you, you know, you see that you see the candidate. He's holding a baby, or he's you know he's got his family. Have you, ever, have you seen a commercial lately where it doesn't end with a candidate and his family? No. These guys are animals. They don't deserve that. Literally, they, they they don't deserve to have be in in, in office. Uh, my my feeling is that you're you're preaching to the converted. You're preaching to the converted, yeah. but you you can't stop. But how did we get here? In the beginning, there was Eisenhower. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Yeah. In, in the beginning, there was a great advertising man named Rossa Reeves. Rossa Reeves was the, worked for Ted Bates, and those commercials that you always hated, the hammers in the head, right. uh, the M&Ms melt in your mouth and not in your hands. Which hand has the M&M chocolate candy? Not this hand, that's ordinary chocolate candy. It's melted. But this one, there's no chocolate mess. Because M&M's milk chocolate melts in your mouth, not in your hand. He did all that stuff. 
And he was, he was a genius at reaching people. And he didn't care if his advertising was dumb. He said the same thing over and over and over again. The man from Abilene, out of the heartland of America, out of this small frame house in Abilene, Kansas, came a man, Dwight D. Eisenhower. And he got Dwight Eisenhower to say, it's time for a change. If war comes, is this country really ready? It is not. The administration has spent many billions of dollars for national defense. Yet today, we haven't enough tanks for the fighting in Korea. It is time for a change. It's time for a change. So this is like a slogan? Yeah. It's just like a slogan, that's right? It, that's it. Well, so Eisenhower answers America, and I, this is a story that I love. Apparently, he got Eisenhower to answer people's questions. They were all staged, obviously. They did 40 of them in a day in Radio City Music Hall, literally, and cut them down to little spots. And it was him answering America on right. all the big questions, all of which were staged. But it, it worked, because they had to take a guy who was just famous for being a general and turn him into a political figure. And it worked, and yet Eisenhower said one thing that got him elected, and it was a closer election than most people thought, and he didn't say it on a, a commercial. He said, if elected, I will go to Korea. Mm. And, whoa, my God, he's going to go to Korea and stop the war. So actually he said something that was interesting and right versus it's time for a change. Yeah. Uh, you know, we weren't as sophisticated as we are now. You like Ike, I like Ike, everybody likes Ike. For president, hang out the banner, beat the drum, we'll take Ike to Washington. We only had, what, three TV stations, networks. We didn't have cable news. We didn't have a Fox News channel or a CNN. And we didn't have digital. Digital, now, this, this in 2018, was $1.8 billion. $260 percent more money was spent this go-round on digital than in the last election. Can you imagine? You can micro-target your audience. Sure. So you can reach exactly who you want to reach in a way they never could do with television. But they follow you. They know you. They know what you buy in the supermarket. Right. They know what you do. They know what you like. You know what you drink. And then they advertise to you directly. You know, one day soon, they're going to be calling out your name. Hey, Jerry Delphamina, why don't you? That's going to change advertising a great deal because I think social media and everything else is really basically going to take over. I think the stations, the networks are losing power. Yes. And the world is really moving to individual social, like Facebook, Google, more important right now than the New York Times. But let's go back to the history because it wasn't always that way. Negative ads started and they were highly affected and they started with something from Doyle Dane Burnback. I mean, they started with, with the negative ad of all time, the most famous ad Daisy of all time. Ad. The Daisy ad. This was the most negative commercial probably ever done uh, at the time. They show you a little girl picking daisies and playing with daisies, and she's just adorable and she's young. And you hear the sound of a bomb starting over, and basically, it ends up with the little girl being blown up. These are the stakes to make a world in which all of God's children can live, or to go into the dark. We must either love each other or we must die. Vote for President Johnson on November 3rd. The stakes are too high for you to stay home. It says a nuclear holocaust, Barry Goldwater. 
right. will right. be the person who will press the button and everything else. But that worked. It worked. It worked, but Barry Goldwater wasn't going to win. He didn't win. So it he didn't, didn't work. Win. It, it, it worked. It, it worked to this point. You know how many times it ran? How many? Once. Once. Are you serious? <laughs> Once, exactly. Yes, yes. Once. Well, but, well, but 50 million people And this saw. is back when YouTube, you couldn't watch it over and over again. So once right. meaning... Right, it was that impactful. Once, that once no one because wanted... what advertising does best is it gets PR. The PR really is what sold it. And they took it off the air. The Democrats took it off the air. Wow. They were, they were embarrassed by it. Why was Doyle Dane Birnbeck uh, embarrassed by it? And why was it taken because off Because it was the over air? the top. It was over the top. So there is a... And vote for line. Barry Gore. You know, what's so interesting about it is the guy who wrote the commercial later had a nervous breakdown. What? Yeah. And he had a nervous breakdown because he felt he had helped Lyndon Johnson get in, into office and people were dying. Well, in, in, in battlefields, yeah, in Vietnam. Wow, what a story! Because, I don't so, know how many people know that story. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I know a lot of people from Dorothy and Burnback. The guy was just absolutely oh, well appalled by what he had done. He, well, you know, he his had conscience. unleashed this monster in yes. his mind. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and I don't think that it's it's, I don't think it's about politics. I mean, if you if it's about politics, Obama lost the midterm elections by so many votes. Yep. It was ten times more than worse than it was now. So. What has changed in advertising? Well, Lee Atwater was the beginning of a change in, in advertising because advertising agencies used to run political campaigns. Suddenly, these Lee Atwater consultants came aboard. Their only job, their only job, beginning of an election is they have to get their candidate elected. And so they took it away from advertising agencies and they have these guns for hire. So wait, so what's the difference then? Is there um, between ad agencies and these political consultants? What's the difference between how they do advertising? I think the difference is uh, ad agencies tend to be a little softer. I think political consultants are only interested in, you know, they go after uh, someone's throat. I don't think that advertising agencies have that same, yeah. that killer instinct. So what about Bush? I mean, he, he, he followed up with some really serious negative ads. The Atwater was the man who was the, the evil genius uh, who basically did Willie Horton and stuff like that. As Governor Michael Dukakis vetoed mandatory sentences for drug dealers, he vetoed the death penalty. His revolving door prison policy gave weekend furloughs to first-degree murderers not eligible for parole. One was Willie Horton, who murdered a boy in a robbery, stabbing him 19 times. Despite a life sentence, Horton received 10 weekend passes from prison. Horton fled, kidnapped a young couple, stabbing the man and repeatedly raping his girlfriend. Weekend prison passes. Dukakis on crime. That's when opposition research really started, I think, right. when with, with the consultants, right? I mean, where they spend months, you know, finding out every negative thing they can about a candidate, the opposition candidate. But what Don't about do the Swift Boat campaign with Kerry? I served with John Kerry. I served with John Kerry. John Kerry has not been honest about what happened in Vietnam. He is lying about his record. I know John Kerry is lying about his first Purple Heart because I treated him for that injury. John Kerry lied to his Bronze Star. Swift Boat Veterans for Truth is responsible for the content of this advertisement. Swift, that was another campaign. You know, I, I still don't know if he was a war hero or not. Uh, they, they, you know, he was running as a war hero and they had a group of people who were, they found him, who uh, served with him, who said that he wasn't a war hero. 
and that's that really was the end of of Kerry. But the fact is, uh, I mean, don't don't run for office if you don't want these political consultants to find out everything about you. They they really don't. Hey, they 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 spend their time. They're like detectives. There's nothing that a candidate loves more than to see a commercial say, hey, look how we got him. Oh, it's boy. a gotcha moment. Yeah. Tom Daschle, who used to be a Republican senator from uh, South Dakota, said that negative advertising is the crack cocaine of politics. Mm. And presumably just what he meant... You said that. Like, we just can't yeah. stop. Well, I, I think advertising, even though they are much more, you know, they're maligned, speaking as a maligned advertising person. Um, <laughs> Hardly. Uh, uh, I think that they 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 had a standard, and they wouldn't they wouldn't really do something like a Willie Horton or something like that. I mean, it's just not the way advertising works. Advertising tries to find the good thing about that about their product, and they try to say good things about it. Political consultants, basically, uh, they're they're guns for hire. Are they? Like, it's just like the difference between an ad campaign and a smear campaign. Yeah, political consultants work for the candidate. They uh, they are told that they can just say anything or do anything and they do it you know and they and they hope to get a job in the candidates gotcha it's all this negative research they do all this opposite opposition negative research moment and that is the the meat and potatoes of political consultants versus what ad campaigns did my job is to find the best possible way to reach people and with the best message i don't think political advertising is working now because I can't reach people who have already made up their minds. I mean, I used to be able to maybe get people to go from Tide soap to Rinso or from Rinso to Tide. Mm-hmm. But now people are, and that's because there's so much anger. Republicans will not vote for a Democrat and Democrats will not vote for a Republican. If negative ads don't work, does positive advertising work? I don't think any advertising works. So right. then, Jerry, what is the future of political advertising? The future is we're going to spend more money. <laughs> and get nowhere? And, and, and get <laughs> nowhere horrible. and get the kind of candidates that we have running in office. So it's not going to be substance. Yeah. It's going to be someone who wants to win no, a football right. game. Trump did not spend as much as Hillary no. to become president. Right. And, and his advertising, uh, who knows what it is. But do ads get people to the polls? Possibly. Is that the end game here? Where- Asking get people to the polls, but they're just going to go there to vote for the person that they were going to vote for anyway. What matters most is you have decided you are going to be closed to any other person. And when you're closed, you deserve whatever you get. And has it always been like that? Because you started out saying <laughs> advertising doesn't work in politics. Has it always been like that? Never, yeah. It doesn't work because people know what they want and they won't, they won't change. But people say that advertising, the people who say it works are the consultants who make the most money from it. Why then, if this is the case, do they keep spending more and more and Can more money? Can I give money? a suggestion and tell me if I'm wrong? Sure. If the people that are making the laws are the people that have been voted in because of these negative ads, how is it ever going to change? And like you said, I think that the nugget here that I'm taking away from is that we have to look. It's not we're looking out to advertisers to be better and political consultants to be better, but we have to look in and figure out how we can open ourselves up more and be open to more individual thinking, the critical thinking, I'm sorry, critical thinking rather than my team's going to win no matter what. 
It's very hard to get away from my team is going to win no matter what, frankly, because, you know, you're talking about, you know, Little League, you're talking about Yankee fans, you're talking about football fans, and then they get into politics, and, you know, that that's what they're going to do. We're getting dumber and dumber. <laughs> we're getting dumber and dumber, and we're getting easier and easier to handle, and we're, getting, we're, we're being pushed to vote uh, for the worst people. <laughs> And uh, where are we going? I don't know. It's uh, it, it could be, as far as I'm concerned, it could be Germany in 1928, 29, when everybody decided, oh, you know, we have to listen to this guy. He's got a cute little mustache. And he's telling us that we have to, you know, how we could be great. And yes, he said he was going to make Germany great again. We've been talking to Jerry Delafemina on the power and potential of advertising. This has been the News Broads with Judy Licht, Lynn White, and Gina Cerrito. Special thanks to our producer, David Levin.